by using all kinds of symbology, what is at stake? It is a big idea, a new world order, where diverse nations are drawn together in common cause to achieve the universal aspirations of mankind. My question to you is, in any of your government jobs, have you ever been briefed on the subject of UFOs? And if you have, when was it? What were you told? Well, if I had been briefed on that, I'm sure it was probably classified and I couldn't talk about it. When I got out in 1989, we had cataloged 57 different species. We walked over to one side of the lab and he said, by the way, we've discovered a base. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Greetings and salutations to all my fellow Skywatchers. Once again, thank you for being here with us, broadcasting live on this wonderful evening of August 1st. 2017. That's right, the 1st of August, the dog days of August are here, and we're coming to you at ludicrous speed right before we hit plaid. Direct from New Logic Studios in Miami, Florida, of course, which is located on what some would say is the third rock from the sun. The other guy here calls it Aspen. I'd like to still call it Earth. Thank you very much. I this do not Sky- call it Aspen. You do like- all the time. It's crazy. This is Skywatchers Radio, ever- and you me. call it Aspen. All the time. You know, let's make all our listeners go back to listen to all the other casts that we've done. And I never said it, I never said it was on air. I never said it was on oh, air. Oh, okay oh, now. Oh, I never exactly. said it on air. You lie. Well, let me continue with my intro. Hold on. Okay. As always, to our intergalactic listeners, I say once again, folks, always keep in mind, if you flippity flip flop when you zippity bop, bop, boom, you're going to have a big zabbity zoopity zoop pop 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 in your boom boom. So, again, careful, guys. This is very dangerous stuff you're dealing with. Flat Earthers, uh, both of you guys listening right now, please calm down. Take a seat. Don't overexert yourself. I know it's a, it's a, it's a tough time right now for Flat Earthers because you're getting, you're getting this crazy momentum. People are believing your, your shtick, and uh, it's getting popular. I don't get it, but I kind of believe it. Of course, I am Angel Espino, one half of what makes up the Skywatchers crew, and with me, as always, the guy who uh, you know calls this place Aspen, the one and only, my hetero radio life mate, the man born one day to play the fiddler on the roof of the TARDIS. That's right. He is, of course, the guy who's going to help me take over the world, the pinky to my brain, the robin to my Batman, the hole to my oats. Folks, he is the funky bunch to my Marky Mark. That's right. Alan Weiler. How the hell are you feeling? Because you sound horrible. Yeah, it's been it's been a rough week uh, for me. Uh, my voice is a little Holy shot crap. to hell side. Um, I do like that t- fiddler on the TARDIS roof. That's actually that would make a very <laughs> cool T-shirt. You know, right? I got to talk to my yeah. That, that's actually really really yeah. That's actually really really funny. Um, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, uh, my voice is shot to hell tonight. I am beat down. I've been running 14-hour days for the past week while I'm here at the Ohio State Fair. Now, is, is yes. that the fair, that, uh, the, the one that just had the uh, the crazy accident? All yes, it is. People dying? Yeah. Well, oh, only one person died so far, but uh, others are listed in very critical condition, but yeah. Well, there's always time, you know, we, we were hoping for more numbers, better numbers. 
you were hoping for more casual mass casualties. Oh, why wow. not? That's just hard. It makes the story a little bit better. You got to admit, you know, when one guy dies, that's is tragic. It's sad, but when you know thirty people die, it's like damn, that's a story. Okay, fine. I'm just really not going to argue with you on that. I'll just <laughs> say you're right. All right. No, no, it's it's bad either way. But uh, what happened though? Like, what happened with this record? This is a brand new fair, right? Just opened up. Uh, no, it's a fair that's been going on for years and years and years. Just oh, this so, year. Like I was saying, what rides. happened? This is a uh, fair that's been going on for years and years and years. But what are the rides is new? No, the ride is new. Obviously, goddamn. All right, just new. tell me what it is. Tell me what happened. Go ahead. Well, so. You know, one of the rides uh, obviously should not have passed safety inspection because part of it broke off while it was working. There's all sorts of videos on the Internet, and if you – I'm willing to bet you and probably only you from everybody that's listening is the only one who's missed it. Probably because you've so. been so preoccupied. Well, I've, what I've, I don't been know, a, but... I've been busy, man. I've been dealing with uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, not to uh, to go a little personal here, but right now where I'm at, where I'm sitting, it is hot like a third world country. Let me tell you, this is this place right now is steaming, boiling hot. I have no AC for the last three days. My AC unit's been on the fritz. And so right now, I feel like I'm sitting in a sauna. But I'm okay. broadcasting, and we're live on Skywatchers Radio. You know, the show okay. must go on. Uh, I haven't All slept right. in three days, so I'm kind of like on a caffeine buzz right now. I'm on a little caffeine rush. That always okay. helps. All but right. I, f- I feel bad for what you're going through, man. That's a tough gig to have right now, especially with that accident yes, but- recently. Yeah, with all, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for those people that got hurt in life lost, but wow, it's been a rough, rough show because of that. And, you know, I'm here bleeding, hemorrhaging money for the booth and the inventory and the hotel and the food that I'm selling, uh, the food that I'm dealing with and, uh, the products that I'm selling. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just brutal, brutal. I can brutal. imagine. I can imagine. Well, hopefully uh, everything turns out okay for you and for the families of uh, those hurt. Uh, hopefully they yeah, okay. I hope hopefully so, there's, too. Hopefully there's no more casualties uh, involved in that accident. That's that's horrible. I mean, uh, yeah, it is. It is. It is. So but, uh, t- tonight yeah. we have a great guest, uh, Alan. We have uh, a returning guest. He hasn't been here for a while, but Mac Maloney is going to join us in the second hour. Oh, yay. Uh, What's his Mac- topic? Well, come on now. You know Mac Maloney. You know, yeah, I know, but uh, I'm wondering, mil- is there well, something special that he's going to be touting out or pimping well, out today? Well, knowing him, he's probably got another book that he just put out recently, maybe one in the works. We're going to talk about that a little bit, see what he's got cooking. Uh, Mac Maloney is an author. You know, he's a radio broadcaster, podcaster. Oh, yeah. uh, he's a best-selling author, by the way. If you go to Amazon.com and just type in Mac Maloney, you're going to find all his books in there. I mean, uh, UFOs during wartime and all kinds of great books that he's put out over the years. All dealing within the subject of ufology. Now, I, you know, I was going to ask him a little bit about what, you know, what he thought of Corey Good and, and Dave Wilcox and, and all these guys. But he's not into the whole, you know, uh, new age fringe, uh, type of uh, movement that these guys are into. And, uh, so he doesn't really know much about what's going on there. And I misspoke actually on a couple of shows because I said that he was still kind of associated with another network, uh, that is associated directly with Corey Good and, uh, these guys. But he's not. Okay. So. He's not associated with that network any longer, so which is, you know, it's, uh, you know, his show has uh, so many different networks, it's hard to keep up, but it is what it is. But he's, uh, somebody I, re- I wanted to have on for a long time again. I haven't been able to, mm-hmm. to get him on, back on, uh, mostly because he does his own show here on PSN on Friday nights. Right. Which, mind you, it's not a, a live show, it's a repeat. 
but it's still a show on the network, and it's kind of hard to coordinate him because he's always recording podcasts and right. stuff. But, but no, it's just to... that he's avoiding you. That's all. That I'm probably sure. is the truth. A lot of these guys, uh, after a while, they're like, oh, this, no, yeah, they don't want to talk to guy. you. Yeah, I don't want to talk to this guy. And then there's the other guy sitting there, like you know, just picking his nose, doing nothing. Uh, I don't pick my nose on the radio. That's the best time to do it. Are you kidding me? Really? Okay. Nobody's watching. You heard it here, folks. Angel picks his nose while doing the show. I pick other so that's what I'm if you hear from. if you hear the sound, you know he's digging in his nose. Wow, it would never make that kind of noise, really. No. Um, it depends how long it's been since you've had a good cleaning. Unless I develop a really bad coke habit again, which I haven't had in many, many, many years. Okay, <laughs> so. well, yeah, if you say so and admit to that, that's your thing. Okay, sure. I'm an open book, man. I don't care. What, is it going to cost me the presidential election one day? No, it's not. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, probably not going to cost you an election. Uh, yeah, 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 I think You know what I'm saying? Okay. And it's not like it, it didn't help George W. Bush, who won the presidency, even though he I was caught I did not with... inhale or use a cigar on my... Well, no, that was, that, that was Bill Clinton. But George W. Bush, who was caught with, like, what, bags and bags of cocaine over the years, and daddy got him off, you know, and and then oh, got him sorry, off I mean, trouble. It's been a lot. Yeah, sorry. you quoted the wrong president there. By the way, I'm sorry. It's all my fault. Blame it on me. That's right. Anywho, I'm gonna blame it on you. That's right. Damn right. Yep. Yep. Damn right. Okay. All right. So, what do we got on the agenda for tonight? Now, what what do we have in the first hour? Well, the first hour we have, of course, our uh, news segment, which is it's coming up here in uh, about a couple minutes. Uh, we have a couple different things we're gonna go over. We have the wall of weird, and uh, we have after that the your favorite segment, the the one that makes you get up at night. To go to the bathroom over and over again, just dreaming about this every week. Oh yeah, I dream about this every week. Sure, blast through the a hole. That's right, baby. We're gonna blast it away. Got a couple good ones. <laughs> and um, actually, a, a couple of different, uh, interesting, messy blasts. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I am just so looking forward to it, and you, I'm sure you could tell by my enthusiasm. No, I could. I could tell. I mean, you, you sound like you're about to like fall apart. You're so like. Thrilled. Dude, I am so wrecked, it's not <laughs> funny. Uh, if you hear me snoring during the show, don't be upset. That's all I'm oh, saying. Like that, son? Uh, really? That bad? 14-hour days for a week straight. And then I'm in a hotel where, um, you know, I've got noisy neighbors, and it's not the, uh, 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 sounds. It's the kids screaming. In the hallway right now, I've got two kids that are playing ball. I hear I them. I need sleep, god damn it. I hear them. But isn't that like uh, your girlfriend and her daughter? That's the two no. kids playing? <laughs> no, 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 no. But thanks for suggesting that. <laughs> what? Uh, no, no, it's not. Yeah, no. Thanks for trying to be funny, but it really didn't work. Eh, really didn't. All right, so... I, I thought it was... Uh, but anyway, let's move on to the Wall of Weird News segment because uh, I think we've uh, pretty much uh, covered all bases right here with uh, this segment. Okay. We, sh- we shot the shit fair enough, I think, for the most right. part. So. Fine. It, we shot... Wall of Weird News on Skywatchers Radio. Radio. All right, this week we don't have a whole lot, a couple things from uh, Open Minds. Now, other guy, I sent you a couple of links there. Did you see them? Did you take a look? Yeah, I, I see them now. Kentucky. 
Kentucky Town, right? We're going to start with that one, the Kentucky yeah. Town. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, this is from uh, w- Let me bring uh, that one. Yeah, www.wgrz.com. Do is people really need to say www before everything anymore? So everybody like, does, so I just really? assume, you know, everybody does it still. Okay. Yeah, I, maybe I, I'm assuming wrong. I don't know. All right. All right, you know, what do they say about people that make assumptions? All right, don't make me spell. Exactly. Uh, but it's uh, it looks like it's from a, a reputable website. I mean, it doesn't look like it's, uh, it's a news like website. It, it looks, looks like, website. Uh, it looks like it. somewhat. Yeah. I mean, it could be fake news, as you know, we've come to find out. And yeah, true. It's uh, all right. So all you want to read the, the news, article? But, yeah, it says here. Uh, this is uh, let me see. Hopkinsville, Kentucky says is just uh, is it just a cosmic coincidence? Kelly K Y, not Kelly. Kelly Kelly. Uh, is near the center of the path of solar eclipse scheduled on August 21st, so coming up in 20 days, guys. We're going to have a solar eclipse, supposedly. Yeah, that's going to look massive. That's what she said. Literally. Kelly, uh, but um, it says here, but the community just north of Hopkinsville recognizes August 21st for another reason. In 1955, Kelly became known throughout the world as for as being one of the most unusual UFO incidents ever recorded. Who would have known, huh? You? No? No, not me. Not far from a park uh, in the center of Kelly, a home once stood where a family claimed to have had an encounter fighting back against uh, beings from another world. And uh, no, we're not talking about Mexicans. Little green men here. The term little green men, in fact, was coined after the Kelly incident. Uh, six years ago, the Kelly community organized, uh, organization began the Little Green Men Days Festival to build a civic pride. Now, I don't know what what they're trying to build civic pride for over something that happened long ago. But uh, this is uh, this year they're renting out... They need the uh, tourist money. That's what it is, really. Uh, but this year they're renting out uh, camping spaces and rolling out the green carpets uh, to an anticipated 50,000 visitors. Cha-ching! Must be the money. Yeah. Now, so sure, the, that is an amazing, uh, it's, it's amazing that the eclipse falls on the anniversary date of the actual event that occurred in 1955, said Kelly Community Organization's uh, President Frank Doc Brown. Wait a second. Does it really? Yes, folks, it really does say Doc Brown. And it's 1955, and the guy's name is Brown. Great Scott. This is heavy. I wonder if they're selling flux capacitors. I think they are, Marty. They have visitors expected from as far as Spain. Uh, joked uh, Brown answered uh, as jokingly answered the obvious question: uh, "None expected uh, from outer space yet, but perhaps you never know." Right? Geraldine Sutton's uh, Stitz family is the, at the center of the encounter that's been studied far and wide, and she's written books based on the stories told to her by her late father, who was in his 20s when the, this happened at the time. The family shot up, uh, see, shot up their house, claiming they were protecting themselves from aliens. It might have been the moonshine. What do you think, other guys? Did they make a movie out of this, I think? This sounds know. familiar. It sounds like the movie Science, kind of, right? Like a little bit? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. This year, uh, for decades, some have ridiculed the family while others uh, believe and embrace the Geraldine. Uh, it said that even Steven I want to Spiel- believe! I so too! But it said uh, that even Steven Spielberg studied the event while researching the movie E.T. So, there you go. It says, Actually, I think- speaking of Spielberg, yeah. is anybody, does anybody know about the 
Um, 40th anniversary of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's going to be digitally remastered. Yeah, 4K. 4K and 3D. Right? Oh, I am so there. I am yeah. so looking forward to that. Mind you, I have like three copies of that movie, as is, on DVD, Blu-ray, and VHS, but I will gladly fork over my money to see that in 4K in theaters. Yes, I would. Uh, now, continuing here, it says, uh, I think, and I quote, I think at the uh, last four festivals that we've had down here, I've had people come to my booth and ask if, uh, if they think they're going to come back, explained Geraldine. I don't know. It's going to be uh, pitch black in the middle of the day, so there's no telling what's going to come out of the darkness, she added with a chuckle. To this day, people still debate what happened that night in 1955, uh, but there's no debate if you're looking uh, for a place to take in the eclipse and you'd be, uh, and you'd like the touch of the mystery, this tiny little town will be, uh, the right place for you to make room in. And that says you don't, just don't freak out if you have to share the moment with the little green men. Don't, don't freak out. Cause if they come down. Tourist trap, tourist trap, warning. Don't freak out about it. So what do you think of that story? Do you think there's uh, any, any, uh, truth to, uh, Duck Brown and little green men in 1955? I, 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 I don't know if there's truth to the incident, but you know, I'll be, uh, 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 I'll try and say okay, um, but do they expect any reoccurrence of that? Probably not. Although it'll be re- really interesting to see, you know, and I know I'm going to rattle some cages when I say this, it'll be interesting to see if we see a new planet like Nibiru coming in from the far side of the sun, um, heading towards us uh, during the eclipse. That'd be interesting, but I highly doubt it. Well, you never know. People see all sorts of interesting things and objects during an eclipse. This is true. And uh, NASA just put out recently, and I remember reading this, I don't know if you saw it, but NASA put, are putting out uh, a new, I think I said special goggles for looking at these eclipses. I don't know if you've seen it. I don't you know, know if it's NASA, but I know people were, there was someone on Amazon selling them. No, no, they they uh, they warned some eclipse glasses will not protect you. That's what it was. NASA warned some eclipse glasses will not protect you. So uh, if you guys are going to watch the eclipse, be careful. I mean, you don't want to go blind while watching this thing. What? I can't hear you. Well, that sounds like a personal problem. Like I said, uh, NASA has uh, put out a warning um, to people that are buying these uh, glasses that are supposedly uh, to protect uh, with the eclipse. And uh, apparently some of them are not very good. So, guys, be careful out there if you're, you know, purchasing these paper glasses to be able to look at the eclipse. Might not be the best uh, thing to do. Yeah, don't use that Google VR uh, thing. Yeah, that's not, well, that's really not good. No. That's going to bring the eclipse in 3D. Well, not Basically. only that, but, you know. Sounds pretty you know, cool, actually, actually. Yeah, well, you aim the camera there and you put the, go- the yeah, just don't do it. Yeah, no. <laughs> Interesting stuff. Yeah, have you ever actually uh, sat through an eclipse yourself? Uh, I've sat through one or two in my in my life. Yeah, yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. I avoid looking up at the skies and uh, looking at the sun. Uh, it's not supposedly good for you, but uh, you do that for me. I'll live okay, vicariously through just... you. Okay, thank you for doing that. I so appreciate it. So, yeah, NASA warns you guys, because NASA, of course, always stands for a straight answer. I mean, they never stand for a straight answer. Ever. Mm-hmm. If you <laughs> say so. Never do. Now, next story here on the wall of weird is, uh, let me see, where is this one coming up from? Oh, this has to be legit. Oh. It's, yeah, SputnikNews.com. 
Okay. Hang on, let's click on this one. Uh, oh, yeah, animal mutilations are happening again in Yay. America. Now, who or what is mutilating these animals the world over is the other uh, questionnaire. The classified files show that the U.S. Federal Bureau of Investigation, or FBI, or as Kelly Bundy would call them, the FBI guys, uh, have investigated thousands of instances of cattle disfigurements across the American Midwest since the 1970s, but to no avail, they've really they've come up with nothing, folks. A leading, ex a leading right. expert in the field isn't sure either, but he has uh, told Sputnik uh, the explanation certainly isn't humdrum, to say the least. Now, as I say, while skeptics will surely opt to blame the international wave of brutalized bovines or uh, unnatural disasters, sadistic pranks, or similarly uh, sick individuals, like... Uh, no, there's, <clears throat> you know, I, I've looked at this a little bit in the past, and, you know, the la laser precision <clears throat> and the cauterization of the wounds and the uh, openings, um, yeah, it's... It may be. It may be. It could be government. a no, but it could be a sadistic prankster with uh, high tech gear. You never know what what's going on here. Now, proponents mm -hmm. of uh, or of conspiratorial or otherworldly explanations for the disturbing disturbing acts are quick to point out uh, the the attacks are often carried with surgical precision, like the other guy just did right here, right? Uh, farmers yep, worldwide. Huh? And I was not, and I was not reading the article. I know that's a crazy part. Y'all do it. Farmers worldwide, most notably, and we're currently in the U.S., such as South Dakota, Colorado, Kansas, and Nevada, have for decades had the unpleasant experience of discovering their treasured, lucrative beasts dead with various organs missing, including eyes, nose, tongues, hearts, livers, <clears throat> anuses, and genitalia. Yep, it's utterly funny. With laser-like Accuracy, folks. That's right. Like the other guy was saying, laser accuracy. Moreover, the FBI documents make clear even the U.S. best investigative minds were seemingly stumped at the ultimate source of all the carnage. In many cases, residents reported seeing crafts, whether thoroughly terrestrial helicopters or UFOs, circling areas where cattle later turned up, sliced up. That's right. Uh, so, uh, in other words, helicopters or UFOs are usually seen where these cattle are turning up, sliced up, guys. But think about that. Helicopters or UFOs? I'm staying out of this. I don't want to speculate. You know, helicopters or UFOs. Now, such phenomena prompted concerns among... Don't forget, how many, how many people have been saying that they've seen helicopters transform into UFOs? Uh, many, but check this out. This is uh, this gets kind of funny here. Check this out. Um, such phenomena prompted concerns amongst uh, researchers that mutilations were being carried out and covered up by the government for some nefarious purpose or other. Although the uh, wave of mutilations occurred currently with uh, with a worldwide obsession with flying saucers, some believe the mutilations' origins to be otherworldly. In all, there have been over 10,000 documented instances of animals being uh, bewilderedly mutilated in the U.S. alone since 1955. And once again, we're back to 1955, guys. This is heavy. Yep, it's something, almost Twilight Zone. Something is happening in 1955. We have to build a DeLorean into a, a time machine. we got to go back. we got to figure out what the hell started in 1955 that's been this chain reaction ever since. This is crazy. Now, in every case that has been investigated by law enforcement, no human or predator has ever been found to be culprits. Think about that. I'm thinking. 
Now, of course, if no human is being caught, it's because they're leaving the scene before they can get caught by anybody. So obviously, you're not going to catch them if they're not there, right? But the phenomenon comes. But you know, you might catch an animal, a predator, of some sort, maybe eating the flesh, or but well, that you hasn't would think. happened. You would think, but that hasn't happened either. Now, the phenomenon can can the phenomenon constitutes of the uh, of the largest single animal cruelty trend, not merely in the U.S. but the world. In each case, costs ranchers thousands of dollars per year. And uh, there's uh, some really graphic stuff on the uh, website here that I'm going to post. And uh, the video, it's uh, coming from uh, ufonut.com. Now, ufonut, not like Jesse's show. This is ufonut.com. And um, they put a lot of videos on uh, on YouTube and stuff. Uh, and uh, Chuck uh, Zakowski is a curator of this website, uh, ufonut.com. And he's been investigating these mysterious occurrences for decades. So I'm going to post this link from sputniknews.com over on our Skywatchers page as well. So you guys uh, following along can go ahead and uh, take a look at that one and read it and uh, dissect it for yourself, figure out what might be happening for yourselves. But by all means, this is a mystery that's decades old and other guy. I don't think we're ever going to actually get to the bottom of what's going on with these cattle being mutilated. I mean, this is ridiculous how long uh, this is happening. And this goes uh, far beyond. I mean, if it's aliens doing it, uh, to what end? I mean, what what's the experiment they're doing? Is it hybridization? Is it they're taking skin samples? I mean, what the hell's going on? They're taking this many animals over th- these. Well, many we we've in sci- you know science has already been able to use uh, cows' uh, internal organs for gestating uh, other animals uh, to the point uh, I'm sure someone's been experimenting with, use, you know, for humans. I mean, you figure if people were impregnating, if aliens were impregnating women way back when and they were then taking the embryos or partially grown babies out of women before they were naturally supposed to be born, they could be using the... Um, Reproductive organs of alien, of cows to finish the process uh, aboard spaceships. It's possible. Yep, that's what now, I'm thinking. Now, here's my thing, though, and this is where this uh, whole hybridization thing always gets to me and uh, kind of kicks me in the rear mm-hmm. because while I want to believe that this has been going on for decades and decades and it's some crazy conspiracy, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around a civilization that can come here from another galaxy light years away. And all they're doing is uh, tinkering with us for decades and decades and experimenting and experimenting. And, oh, yeah, by the way, they're the ones that created us to begin with, right? Because that's what we, we believe some of these aliens created us. But yet right. they continue to experiment and do hybrid programs and, and abduct alien, uh, abduct cows and, and slice them up and then put them back and abduct yep. humans and then do all these kind of experiments. Uh, uh, to what end? I mean, uh, what's, uh, uh, what, I mean, what program are these people, are these things running, are these beings running? I mean, uh, when is uh, the experiment over? Is it ever over? Who knows? Nobody knows. I I, I don't have the answer. I really don't. Sorry. You never do. That's right. I never have the answer. If you had some of the answers, we would be really, really well off and you followed you right now. But you, you never have the answers. That's right. Blame it on me. It's all my fault. It's all your fault. All of it. Now, let's see. We have one more uh, piece of news here before we head over to the uh, Blast Through the A-Hole, which is, of course, the last segment of the hour, and then we get to our guest in the next hour, which is the one and only Mr. Mac Maloney from the Mac Maloney Show. And uh, 
let's see, uh, NASA astronauts and their UFO sightings, experiences, and thoughts about ETs. Hmm. Now, um, NASA for years, of course, has, uh, you know, they've maintained that they believe there's life out there and then one day we will find it, right? That, I mean, that's what NASA stands for. They believe that we will find life out there one day and we'll say, hey, right. little, little fellas or big fellas or whatever. It hey, is little encounter. fellas? You think we're really going to say, hey, little fellas? Uh, really? have you seen some, have you seen some of the, the way some of the guys in NASA talk? That's probably, they'll be like, hey, little fellers? Hey, fellas. Come here, little fellas. That's right. Yeah, woo. Now, there's been a number of discussions over the years about what NASA astronauts may have or may not have seen over the years uh, that have been posted or, uh, over at the uh, both top secret website. Uh, but the fact remains that many have seen many have seen things uh, that they cannot explain. You know, the, the, the movie The Right Stuff talked about the uh, little fireflies that the astronauts saw. Um, there's been audio of saying things, uh, you know, on the way to the moon. Uh, some of the Apollo missions where they say they've been followed or they saw things on the surface of the moon. Um, right. know, for years, you know, and even Edgar Mitchell came forward saying that, yeah, that, that there is alien, uh, an alien uh, connection to all this and uh, the aliens are interacting with us. Um, now, some might think that the only people who believe in aliens are from, you know, forum-dwelling internet conspiracy theorists. Uh, but several NASA astronauts believe extraterrestrials do exist and have been in touch with humanity. And um, not for a brief period of time, either for a long period of time. In fact, data cruncher and blogger Sam Munford on his blog on February 21st of this year said that the numbers of unidentified flying objects or UFO sightings is currently at an all-time high. And he also wrote that one of the first recorded UFO sightings uh, was in Portland in 1905. So, I mean, think about that. That's a long time ago for one of the first recorded UFO sightings. And I think Lou was trying to get in. Lou, are you there with us? Yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you loud and clear. Yeah, we can hear you fine. What's up, buddy? I have a question I'd like you to pose to your guest, if I may ask you now, um, for Mac Maloney. Nick Redfern's father participated in something called Exercise or Operation Main Brace, which, which was a large... NATO operation in Europe, and his father, Nick's father, saw UFOs on his radar screen, as I recall. And I'm curious if Mac Maloney has ever has gotten around to interviewing Nick Redfern's father. And if so, if you could tell me what show that was, I'll track it back. Or if not, if not, if I'd appreciate it if uh, Mac would make the effort to interview Nick Redfern's father. That's how Nick got involved in UFOs. How old is Nick Redfern's father, by the way, if I may ask? Uh, Getting very, very up there in age. I don't know specifically, but you're right. So the sooner we get him on, the better. Yeah, no, the reason I ask you would ask Mac, I'd appreciate that. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely Mm -hmm. bring it up, but the reason I I, I ask his age is because if he's up there in age, it's going to probably be tough for him to uh, to get an interview out of him. But I wonder, that's a good question if he's interviewed Mm -hmm. him before. That's a very, very good question. I'll definitely bring it up. Unless you want to call in and ask him. Okay, thank you. I'll ask him, yeah. Now, one of, if one of you two, that, that does it for me. And if, okay. Hopefully you will. Or um, yet, no, I, uh, no, I'll let you call in. You call in and ask. <laughs> well, the only reason is it's my bedtime. So I've got to go to ah. lay down, start going to sleep, and as I listen to the show. Gotcha. So hopefully you guys can uh, ask the question. No, and thanks we'll, a lot. We'll and, bring it uh, up, buddy. By the way, you ought to mention, mention to your listeners, because what I do the next morning then is I listen to the show as I'm driving to work. I have a two-hour commute. You ought to mention to your listeners, you guys get this up on podcasts every week, and you get it up very timely. Oh, yeah. So yeah I thought you might want to mention that to your listeners. 
Yeah, about twenty minutes after every show wraps up, it's uh, on SoundCloud or on the websites everywhere. So yeah, we'll we'll definitely well, they, that yeah. Good call, okay. my friend. I'll talk to you later. Right. Thank Bye. you, sir. That folks is the world famous Lou Sheehan. Good cool, guy. Cool. Uh, back to the story here before we uh, we get to uh, the blast of the a hole and um, then commercial break and then our guest. All right. Um, this here and uh, back, going back to this is Sam Munford on his blog on February 21st said that the number of identified flying objects sightings is currently at an all time high. He wrote that the first recorded UFO sighting was in Portland in 1905, where a buzzing sphere shaped UFO uh, descended from the clouds. Now, think about that. 1905, that's the first recorded UFO sighting, and that was in Portland, Oregon, right? Furthermore, there have been several astronauts... I thought there were some 1800s was the first UFO sighting, well, no, there, in, you know. There were airships that were reported, but uh, when you look at the the way they're described, a lot of them look very terrestrial in nature, the way they were described. Um, okay. In fact, um, the airships of the 1800s were something that um, Dennis Crenshaw wrote about. Uh, Delsha. Uh, the 1800 uh, airships. Uh, you should definitely should check his book out. Dennis Crenshaw uh, wrote a, a whole book about that. But they, I don't think they consider those to be uh, extraterrestrial ships. They were experimental okay. aircraft that we were working on at the time. Uh, but this is supposedly a UFO, the actual UFO, it, like the first time there was one uh, sighted was in Portland in 1905. Furthermore, there have been several astronauts, as I mentioned earlier, Edgar Mitchell, uh, Caddy Coleman, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, Edwin Buzz Aldrin, think about it. Buzz Aldrin, guys. Dr. Brian O'Leary, who have claimed to have seen UFOs. Uh, Aldrin, one of the first people to ever walk on the moon, by the way, had shared his experience on board of the Apollo 11 when he and fellow astronauts saw something flying alongside their spacecraft. Initially, they thought it was a, the final stages of a detached rocket until the mission control confirmed that that was about 6,000 miles away from them, and it could not be that. So, in other words, what was it? Right? It was unidentified. Correct. Now, it says he was convinced after the journey to the moon that aliens have been observing us and have been here for some time. Mitchell once even claimed that peace-loving aliens have visited Earth to save humanity from nuclear war and indicated that the Vatican uh, knew about the existence of extraterrestrials. Uh, extraterrestrials. Uh, Mitchell said, uh, who had been outspoken about his belief in aliens, told Mirror Online that he, uh, that the top-ranking military sources had spotted UFOs during the weapons test. He also said that a strange craft flying over missile bases at White Sands facility have been spotted by military insiders before, and the facility is a government-known rocket engine testing site where the world's first ever nuclear bomb det- detonated in 1945. Uh, it doesn't shock me you're going to see or shock me that you're going to see aliens in that area. I mean, or yeah, UFOs I'm not or any kind of crafts. Um, whether they're extraterrestrial crafts all the time, well. Yeah, I don't believe it. You know, I'm yeah. not 100% sold on that either because a lot of uh, our black budget projects are going directly uh, in that area. So, interesting article, though. It's uh, on AboveTopSecret.com. It's a very long article, so I'm not going to get to the whole thing because we don't have enough time here. Uh, but it definitely uh, is a good read and uh, has a couple of good videos on there. I'm going to post this also over on um, our forum. Which, by the way, you guys can reach it at Skywatchers Radio on Facebook. Uh, if you go over to facebook.com forward slash Skywatchers Radio, all one word, Skywatchers Radio, you'll uh, get to uh, interact with us on a weekly, daily, minute-to-minute you know, minute basis, whatever you want to do. We, we answer questions or you instant chat us there all the time. Um, all the uh, episodes that we post online, like Lou was saying, 
they all get posted there also, so you can check out the podcast later on. Uh, and like Lou said, every show that we do, the podcast is immediately posted, so uh, it doesn't take more than about five minutes. If you guys are driving home in the morning, you miss something, you want to hear it again, you go to our website, skywatchersradio.com. Podcast is right up there. You'll be able to download it and listen to it immediately for free. We don't charge you. Not like some other websites that you have to go through a whole, you know, ordeal and you got to sign up and you got to pay money monthly and you got to do this and you got to do that. Folks, the truth should be free. We really should put this up on YouTube as well, too. Yeah, well, we do. We have some stuff on YouTube. It's just, it takes some a long stuff, time. But we should really, yeah. No, we, you know, you just convert it and upload it with some cool images or our logo or something. That, that's what I do. And it takes time, believe me. Really? Okay. Yeah, it takes, it takes right. time. But we have, we have a good presence on YouTube. Uh, Skywatchers uh, Radio on YouTube. Get to check us out over there also. Um, that's it for this uh, segment. we got about uh, 20 minutes to get to the uh, fun stuff here, the Blast Through the A-Hole. That's right. Blast through the a-hole. We really got to come up with a good. No, we got to come up with a, like a really good like jingle for that. Well, well, okay. Well, let, how about we let our listeners start submitting jingles for it? How about that? Let's we see might what never they get can come jingle. up with. It was it was the same listeners that uh that call in every week. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. You're right. All right. Well. All right. It was a thought. Okay. But here, here here's a way of doing it. And now, for Blast Through the Ables, with Alan Weiler. Well, I'm and sure there's some, yeah, I'm sure there's some crazy well, questions or some things for me, as usual. You know, someone's being a smartass. Well, Excuse let me, let me, the joke, let me, let me smartass. Let, let, let me see, hold on, let me finish. This might actually uh, work as an uh, intro. Hold on, <clears throat> check this out. And now... Time for Blast okay. Through the A-Holes with Alan Wilder and, that's right, Angel Espino. Are you ready, Alan? Yes, I am. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> that's Don't funny. Now, uh, let's see, the first Blast Through the A-Hole this week, and uh, this is coming from... Uh, let's see, Brian, and Brian wants to know, since you guys don't believe into this Corey Good, actually, since you guys don't, since you guys don't buy into this Corey Good stuff or his story, does this mean that you don't believe in the Black Ops programs and any possible connection to Mars? Well, Brian, Mm. I'm going to tackle that first. All right. Um, do I think there's uh, any truth to any Black Ops programs? Yeah, I think there's truth to that. I think we, we do have uh, Black Ops programs. I think we, uh, we've back-engineered some crafts that may have landed uh, extraterrestrial-wise or crash-landed. Um, I do think that uh, there is uh, conspiracy within the government to keep the truth embargoed from the rest of the world of what they know. Um, I do think that a lot of that stuff is true. I just think Corey Good is full of shit. And I don't mind calling a spade a spade when I see one. And I think David Wilcox is full of shit. I don't mind calling that a spade when I see one. Um, I don't see these folks. What they're doing is they're taking stuff that might be true. That there's a very good chance to be true, but you can't prove it. But it's a good chance it's true, and we all kind of believe it. And they create this entire you know cockamamie story around it. And now the question is. Why are they doing this? Are they doing this just for monetary purposes? Or are they doing this because they're, you know, sent by organizations above them, they control them, and they're told to do this? Uh, you know, what's the angle? What's the story? That we don't know. 
But I guarantee you almost, you know, 100% that we have not heard from one credible person yet that has actually worked on a Mars program, that's worked on any kind of ops program. It's not a, a Laura Eisenhower or Eisenhauser or whatever her name is. It's not Corey Good. It's not David Wilcox. It's not Andrew Basaggio. None of these folks are legit or telling the truth. That's right. None of these, you know, stories, call, you know, go gel with each other. I mean, uh, you know, they're, they're always at odds with each other in, in a way, uh, you know, because they're all trying to get their own agenda forward. And it, it always turns out that their agenda has one of them being, oh, the me- the barrier of the message from the other side. The one who's going to put the message out for the people if you pay them a certain amount of money. Because that's the way it works. Give me your money, I'll tell you a story. Give me more money, I'll tell you more stories. Give me all your money, you'll find out a whole lot of story, but you'll never find out the full story because I need more of your money, and I need to come up with more shit. Sounds like Scientology. That too. That's another one. See, they, that's all these things are. And in fact, I was uh, I was having this discussion with a, with a friend about this show tonight, actually, with uh, a good buddy of mine, and we were talking about like you know this very topic, and I said you know to him, I was like, listen... To me, Gaia and the, the, the whole uh, this whole organization is something more than like the same thing as the free organization they, they, that we've been dealing with. Also, uh, nothing more than what you know, Scientology, Billy Myers, uh, all these different fringe groups that get together and start you know developing stories and storylines and uh, communications with aliens, and, which can never be never be verified by anybody. There's no credible evidence of any other stuff, but there's no evidence to prove it to be untrue either. It's one or the other. You can't prove it true and you can't prove it untrue. So they're stuck in the middle and it's who do you believe? But I'm telling you right now, you know, I believe that there's some, you know, conspiracy stuff happening. I do believe the government is lying to us about a whole great deal of things. But I believe that magic works in a certain way. You misdirect with one hand and then you pull the trick with the other hand. And that's what's going on. That's what these people are. They're misdirection for the real act to happen on the right hand and the right hand is the government and the government's government. The people behind the scenes running the show. They're the ones that are really doing stuff that these folks are just lying about to make a buck over. And they're being allowed to do it because, eh, who cares? They're lying. It's not like it's true or anyway. I mean, if, if Corey Good was really a whistleblower, all right, coming forward with this information, do you think he'll still be alive right now, realistically speaking? Hmm. Let's be honest. No, it's a good question. Probably not. Because I mean, this is some you know, this is whistleblowing government projects, deep undercover black ops projects, supposedly, right? The deepest of the deepest. You would think. And this, and this guy is all over the place. You know, oh yeah, because I was with this blue aliens, and they look they have like beaks like ducks. Right, Corey. Right. Other guy, anything to throw into that? Because I'm done. Nope, you you were fine on that rant. Um, okay. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Now let's see. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get the next one because uh, this one I think is a little bit more up your alley. All right. You see, this is coming from uh, Dion, and Dion wants to know: Do you guys uh, think space is indeed infinite, or is there an end? And if there is an end, is it a wall in space? I think that at this point in time, space is uh, outwardly expanding since science has sort of theorized and proved that. Um, and at some point in time, it's going to stretch to its limit and then contract uh, from the Big Bang. Although I did see, I keep on forgetting what it's called, 
but I know the Hubble telescope. Hang on one second. Um, uh, hang on one second. Yeah, that's what we do on live radio. We hang on one second. By the way, I'm looking at the chat room. Xander in the chat room says, uh, let me see. There was a crash in the 1800s in Texas. I heard about something like that, but uh, I don't know if there was an actual like reported sighting of a crash in Texas. I mean, I don't know if it was actually reported or if it became like town lore type of thing. I don't know. Uh, here, here, I'm going to send you this link of a photo that Hubble took that is still unexplainable. It's called Heaven's Gate. It's a uh, manipulated photograph of the Swan Nebula. Uh, pass around as uh, as an image. Um, I find it really, really interesting, uh, to say the least. I saw so, that. It, it looks like giant ice crystals. It looks like uh, yeah. Krypton or something like that from Superman's... Uh... Right. So, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's infinite. I think it's expanding, and I think at some point in time it's going to have to contract, but I don't think we will be around to see it. But here's the question, though. Mm-hmm. If, if it's expanding, 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 and then it will contract, but the, 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 that means that there's a wall at some point, right? That it hits the wall no, and it goes I back? No, not that it's a wall. It's that it, like a rubber band, it's expanding and expanding, and expanding, and it's well. That's all. That's all the matter. Yeah, but that's all. That's all the matter in the in the universe. Uh, we're talking right. about outside the matter of the universe. Is it infinite, like darkness, or is there like a wall eventually of nothingness, or is there like a wall of plasma that leads it to another side, or is it a wall I like this? No that's the question. I don't know. I think it's a Mobius loop, and uh, time and space folds in on itself. How about that? There you go. Maybe it's a giant. Maybe we're all inside of a giant black hole. What do you think? Mm, yeah, I don't think so. It's a good theory, but I don't think it really holds water. Sorry. Eh, well, stranger things have happened. Just well, saying. you're right. Stranger things have happened. Just saying. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, there you go, Dion. <laughs> all right. That's a good one. That was okay. a good one. Uh, let's see. Oh, here, here's a question, and we were kind of talking about this earlier by Alex. Uh, he wants to know, why are they still taking people for hybrid programs? I mean, how many do they need, for crying out loud? That's um, the question I asked hmm. earlier. Yeah. Why do they need more people? Because um, they've neutered us, sterilized us, or um, just made sure we grow no genitals, and that's why they need more. Not sure if I buy that. I'm just trying to figure something out. You know, I'm, um, I'm trying to find an answer. I mean, this is a question that I, I, I've boggled myself with, you know, for years. You know, what uh, to what end, like I said earlier on the show, to what end are we going to have these experiments happening? Are we going to have these beings come down and abduct alien or humans and or abduct cows and mutilate them? And uh, 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 Until when is this going to go on? Uh, is, is it even going on by extraterrestrials? Is it the humans that are doing this? And, and if so, why are they doing it? I mean, I can I can sort of understand that they're taking cows and animals and mutilating them. And I'm, I'm talking about humans, by the way, uh, for some kind of experiment. I kind of understand that sort of kind of, but at the same time, I really don't because if you're kind of if you're in, if you're a government agency and you have laboratories and you have you know you know endless amount of cash at your disposal. 
why don't you just, you know, get a couple cows and experiment, you know, on cattle that you have that you grow yourself? Like, why do you need to go and abduct a cow and mutilate it? Like, that part I never got. Yeah, I don't have an answer. I don't know why. Even an extraterrestrial race, I mean, uh, uh, you know, why even bother abducting cows? Why not, like, grow some calves or cows, you know, in your ship and, you know, keep growing them in a little farm somewhere and... Maybe they are, maybe, the, maybe we, you know, maybe we are food, you know, that's a serve man thing. Maybe that's why they keep on abducting us and who knows? Nobody knows. The nose knows. I really hope we're not food because uh, you and I will be pretty tasty, I'm sure, you know, we're big guys. Well, I'm not, a, I'm not that big anymore. No, no, you're not, no. But you're, so, you're, fe- you're festively plump. That's right. Yeah, you are. That, yeah, I'll take that as an answer, yeah. <laughs> I'm festively pumped. Plump. Yeah, sure, okay. All right, Alex, uh, there you go. That's your answer for that one, buddy. All right. Yeah. Do we got room for one more? We have uh, we have one more. Yeah, we actually got a couple more. Uh, let me see. Let me see what's a okay. good one here. Let me see. We got one from Larry and one from Dan. I like Dan's question. Uh, do you guys think we'll ever make it to a type 1 civilization? Sincerely, Dan. If we don't kill each Dan. other, sure. Dan, there's absolutely no hope ever of making it to a type 1 civilization. In fact, you should give up hope now and just, uh, you know... Oh, blast man, away, that's buddy. just harsh. Blast away. There's no chance whatsoever. None. That's just harsh. Well, I mean, we think about it. We can't even, you know, get our house in order here in the U.S. where, you know, you have Democrats acting like morons, Republicans acting like morons, you know, you have blacks acting like morons, whites acting like morons, Cubans acting like morons, Hispanics acting like morons, human beings acting like morons. Everybody's to you. Everybody's acting like morons on the news. You see that on on a nightly basis, and you see, you know, this is our civilization where people are just, you know, doing stupid shit. Like, you know, what's the use of rioting in your own neighborhood? What good does that do anybody? When you riot in your own neighborhood, you destroy your own shit. Not very smart. But people do this because, you know, we're, in, we're still in the, in the civilization where we're still very backwards in the way we think. Uh, we're not advanced enough, and I, I, I fear that we will blast our, our way out of existence before we ever make it closer to Type 1 civilization. I pray that we do make it there because I would love to, you know, to be able to see before my death, you know, us, you know, advance to that Type 1 civilization, but I don't think I'll ever see it. I know the other guy's never going to get to see it. Uh, none of our listeners are probably ever going to get to see it. If we do ever advance to the type one civilization it'll be uh on a miracle and on a win because let me tell you I, we're not I doing very we'll, good right now i think we'll advance to one with maybe the help of an outside force that'll stop us from killing each other yeah thank That's you ronald reagan way. thank you reagan for those inspiring words in the 1980s well that's reagan for you yeah but uh no i mean i personally don't think that we're uh Doing too well when it comes to our advancements uh, here. Other guy, you think we'll make it? Really do? From the bottom of your heart? You I, think th- so? I, think, I think it's possible. Do I think it's likely? That's a whole other story, but I think it's possible. I think it's uh, highly plausible, but most likely impossible. Guys, that is the last one. That's it. No more. We're going to be back in a few minutes here with our guest, uh, the one and only Mac Maloney at the other side of the hour. And uh, we have a few minutes of break time here, and uh, hopefully... The other guy and uh, myself, we're both ready for what Mac Maloney has to bring on, because it's always exciting. It's always fun having him on the show here, so stick around. 
This is Skywatchers Radio, and we'll be right back in a few minutes. Oh boy! With Mac Maloney. We'll be right back. Supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Supermanhomepage.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Greetings. My name is Spud Goodman, and I am, in fact, a talk show host. But the Spud Goodman Show is more than just a talk show. Spud and his temporary co-host, Gerald. It's temporary permanent co-host. Super. Interview celebrities. Welcome live musical guests. Present fascinating feature segments. And take calls from an assortment of unique callers. Should I laugh now? And you can catch the Spud Goodman Show Sundays at 7 p.m. Eastern. Right here on PSN Radio. That is messed up, yo. 4,734 UFO sightings in 2007. Eight hundred and fifty-four abductions by aliens or unknown species reported by American and British citizens. Hundreds more unreported in 2007. Suppressed information about collisions with passenger aircraft and UFOs that has been kept from the public knowledge for years. And only one trusted source of information from some of the top UFO researchers in the world. Exclusive information that cannot be found anywhere else on the planet. Trusted, connected, accurate. The UFOStore.com. Expand your personal library with fast shipping and instant downloadable information from the largest selection of UFO products on the internet by going to theufostore.com or call on the 24-hour, 7-day-a-week order line at 541-523-2630. The truth is out there, and theufostore.com has it.
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your Internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom-built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now, 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Have you heard Mac Maloney lately? In your military career, did you ever see anything that came close to an unusual UFO sighting or? No. Holy <laughs> That was the yeah. 10 seconds of, uh, no. What are you that tra- was so convincing. Yeah. What are you trying to say there? Well, UFO is an innocuous term. That's the worst fucking denial I've ever heard. And I you know flying flying Mac Maloney's Military X-Files, Friday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on the public streaming radio network. Everybody, welcome back to Skywatchers Radio. And uh, guys, open lines if you want to call in and talk to myself, the other guy, or our guest Mac Maloney. You could do so by calling seven eight six two four five eight one two seven. As always, please be absolutely fascinating. That's the only thing we ask from you. Don't call in and just uh, give us, uh, you know, hey, how you doing, guys? How's it going? No, I want you to be absolutely fascinating because this gentleman who's with us deserves you. To be absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. speaking to him, man. That's Mac Maloney. How the hell are you, my friend? Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Angel. I uh, appreciate it. Um, glad to be back on. It's been a minute since you've been on with us. And, of course, Mac Maloney here is, uh, uh, like I said, a best-selling author, fellow podcaster. I mean, you, you are a researcher in, in the sense that you research and put books out that are best-selling books, both yeah. in science fiction and in ufology, with a deal with stuff like, you know, that we talk about here. And, uh, you know, you're a gentleman and a scholar, as I like to say, and, and a good friend Holy of the show. Shit. So always yeah. love having you on, my friend. Okay, thank you. I appreciate all that. It's not all true, but thank you for saying that anyway. <laughs> well, the, the, the scholar He's part. Trying. The scholar part, I think it's true. The scholar part. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> so, how you been since last time we spoke? It's been a, a little think, bit since yeah. we, we got on the line. How you been? It's been, been crazy. Okay? You were, yeah, I don't know whether you were on our show uh, last or whether I was on your show. Yeah, yeah I think you might have been on our show last. But anyway, it's you know same old. You know what it's like in the biz, you know, in the radio biz, just spend a lot of time uh, during the week reading up on stuff and then uh, trying to get good guests and then finally doing the show. And we taped the show, so we edit it the next day, and then it all kind of starts again the, the following day, you know. So, But it's fun, you know. 
Yeah, let me tell you something. Your show is a heck of a fun show. You have a lot of people on there that are, uh, you know, fun, like Cobra Commander and uh, some of the other yes. uh, fun individuals that, uh, that yeah. partake on, on the show. Uh, how did you come up with some of the, the goofy names? Because Cobra Commander, come on, you know, G.I. Joe, we're all fans. But how, how do you guys come up with the names for the, uh, the folks on the show? Well, that's that's really his name. That's really his call sign. He's um, he was a uh, he was in the military for more than twenty years. He was a um, helicopter pilot for the Air Force, and then he transferred over to the Coast Guard. And he ah. was in um, something that you know was close to like special operations in the Coast Guard, where they would send him and do things like he was in two movies. You know, he was in like one of the Transformer movies, flying a stunt helicopter, that kind of stuff. Michael oh, okay. Bay, yeah, and you know he's been down to Antarctica and so on, uh, but that's his call sign. Ooh, you know? Antarctica, fun stories there. Well, he went down. He <laughs> actually got thrown. He uh, did a radio show down there, and it, and it, <laughs> without telling when he turned into a, I hope I can say this, into a, a lesbian dating game in, in what? Antarctica. Yeah, he got thrown off the air after one show, so no he had a little bit of an experience <laughs> on the radio. But, I'm yeah, sorry, that's, I missed that. That's the He's, last thing I would expect anybody to do in Antarctica. Well, yeah, I guess that's what makes it funny. But uh, he's the real deal. He really is. And now he's uh, he, he's a military contractor, and he takes off for you know two or three days, two or three weeks, and he's you know flying around, mostly flying around instruments for you know the uh, agencies and stuff like that. But he's called in from Area Fifty One. He's called in from Dugway a couple times. Um, mm. You know, and if you meet him, he he looks like a poster boy, a recruiting poster for. An Air Force pilot or something. Nice. Yeah, we got to so get him on the show and, uh, and pick yeah, his brain. Now, when you say yeah. he's called from Area Fifty One, uh, are you talking about like he's called from the in the base itself, or like just like around like you know the little yeah, area yeah, yeah. or something? I think he went to. Um, there's an air base out there. I think it's called Indian Falls Air Force Base or something like that. It's where they control all the uh, drones uh, that are in action over Afghanistan. Indian, I forget the name. It's kind of you know it's a big base, but you don't hear very much of. Very much about it. It's in the area 51 area too. So Indian Springs, that's it. And uh, he was uh, near there sometime. Uh, one time they called us, and then he called us um, on his way to Dugway, and then he called us at Dugway. And he was at Dugway the weekend they melted up the, um, uh, the the germs to everyone that they weren't supposed to. This is about a year and a half ago. So um, he's he's an interesting guy, and he'll be the first to tell you about it. Well, hopefully, we can have him on the show one day. I'd love to pick yeah. his brain on. And then Juan Juan is a funny guy too because he's, you know, he's 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 like the, um, you know, the other side of the conscious brain, if you know what I mean. He's the left <laughs> side, and uh, but he's a really funny guy, and um, um, you know, he just makes the show. I think I think he's the best guy in the show. Interesting. No, both both of those guys are awesome, man. I like you know I, I love listening to your podcast. I, I I have to because it's on the network, so I have to listen to what's mm-hmm. going on. Okay. You know, like it or that, not, you got to listen. He's forced That's, to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm forced to do it. But luckily enough, I love the show, so it, it oh, works out well. The worst is when you have to listen to the show and you're like, "This show sucks." My goodness. Okay, I hope that. Doesn't happen. that what happens with this show here on Skywatchers? What's it all? I'm like, God damn it, the other guy. <laughs> Jesus. Yep. I'll blame it on that. <laughs> well, no, but no, but your show it really is that good. If you guys haven't heard it yet, we play it here every uh, Friday night at one uh, in the morning. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, we marathon it because we play back to back episodes most of the time oh, since it is pre recorded. Oh, well, yeah. So yeah, right. Yeah, so, yeah we do pre recorded, which is interesting because I have to sit with the editor, you know, like tomorrow, and 
you don't want to call it censoring, but you you know you have to clean it up. You know, you have to bleep stuff out and right. And and it's just um, interesting to see, you know, like how long that stuff takes is kind of a pain. So we try to keep it down. You know, we I say to the guys every time before we start the show, you know, let's let's not have a whole ton of edits in this show. You know, because <laughs> it takes a long time, and then yeah, it just sometimes it doesn't work out, but. You know, it's funny. We did a, a two-year gig on Dark Matter with you know Art Bell and uh, and Keith and them, and uh, for mm-hmm. the two years that we were on there, we didn't curse once. And you know how hard that is. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh my I do. God. Yeah. It is so yeah. difficult. And, it, and it's and it's a. Um, we used to do a live show when we were at another network. Okay, and doing a live show, I I kind of like doing a live show. I'll tell you the truth, you know, because you've done it and it's over. You don't have to. That's it. That's it, you know. You don't have to go back and you know go over with a fine tooth comb and stuff like that. But um, you know, but then I don't know. It was a switch to do it editing wise, but it it comes out better. It's it, you can make it sound more polished and that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah. um, but sometimes you don't really want to do it the day after you've done the show. Uh, but that's how we have to do it. So really, no complaints yeah. though, because we have a lot of fun doing the show too. So. Well, you have a deadline because it's it's ran on a, on a bunch of networks, so I'm sure you have a deadline to get it out yeah. there. So yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, it's one of those. But it is a great show, uh, and I'm glad you guys are still doing it because I would hate to see that show go away anytime soon. It's a it's a really good fun podcast. Okay. Well, I'm um, glad to thank you. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, now, you know, uh, Mac, you're from Dorchester, as we all know. You're a Boston boy, and uh, yep, damn the Patriots, keep winning uh, every year. <laughs> you're yeah. not on it. They're picked to win it all this year, you know. Again, uh, yeah. Yeah, the yep, yep, yep. And, uh, you know, we talk about it on the show. Is sometimes we get into the Patriots. And, you know, you really shouldn't – you don't want to have that around your neck, you know what I mean? Because then everyone's going to – because if you lose one game, people are going to say, uh-oh, what's gone wrong, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're a great team. We love watching them. Uh, we love talking about them. We know that, you know – not everyone in the country loves the Patriots, just the opposite. But you know, if you're a pa- if you live in Patriots country, they're a cool team to watch every Sunday. Oh, definitely. Even if you're not a Patriots fan, just if you want to see greatness on the field, I mean, this right. you just watch Patriots. I mean, by by God, what uh, Tom Brady and, and Belichick and these folks have done over there—it's just uh, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. It really is. Uh, but you know, you, you you were raised in Boston. You know, you, you were you know your father is from Boston. Uh, your father was also a veteran in the war in World War Two. Right. Yep. And uh, he used to read uh, military books all the time to you when you were a kid, and uh, you started reading along with him, and that's what got you into science fiction, into like the whole jargon of what we're into now with mm-hmm. uh, you know the war and stuff. Uh, you know what kind of uh, geared you over to uh, you know just for the audience who haven't heard you for in a while, what geared you over to uh, you know also in you know you know researching the uh, the occurrences of UFOs being involved with right. uh, the wartime stuff that made you write well, about it. You know, like you said, you know, my father would, he had lots of military books around the house when I was growing up. He was a World War II veteran and I just, you know, used to just read them all the time, look at the pictures before I could even read. And then, um, uh, when I grew up, I had just an interest in it and I had an older brother who was also in the Air Force. Uh, and so there was kind of, you know, we're partially a military family, let's say. So I had an interest in it. And then, I don't know, somewhere along the line, and I was always uh, interested in UFOs too. And I'd read a lot of science fiction. So all these things kind of came together once and just thinking, um, it just seemed to me like people in wartime saw UFOs more than in peacetime. I, I didn't even know where the thought came from, but it just said, you know, that, that does seem right when you think of all the Foo Fighters and stuff like that. That turned right. into a book, UFOs in wartime, my first really nonfiction book. 
And um, <clears throat> just from that idea. So that got me really in the deep end quick. What do you prefer, writing fiction or nonfiction books? I've been writing fiction up to that point. And, um, you know, and then when we had this chance, it was just like at lunch with my editor. I mentioned that, you know, that what I just said, that UFOs seem to show up in what time, more right. peacetime. And he said, well, that might be a good book. Do you want to do it? And, you know, that's kind of how these things work out. And then I realized, man, it's a lot more work. you got to do research and all this <laughs> stuff. With fiction, you just, you know, can make it up, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so um, it took a long time to do, but, you know, we're – I'm glad that we. Uh, I'm glad that we did it. Yeah, it's it's funny because once you are, you're interested in the subject, that it never goes away, does it? It's right. Yes. Kinda, right. It kind of is one of those things that lingers on forever and ever. Right. Uh, especially with a military background, and I'm sure that uh, in the last uh, few years, you've you know you've had your ears on the ground and, and stuff. Uh, have you uh, you know in your own personal research, have you come across any uh, newer cases with the military in the last, like, say, for the last 15 years since uh, 9/11? Has there wow. been any major, a major, uh, you know, UFO sightings or anything right. uh, that we might not have been told about? Right. Uh, well, I'll tell you the only thing that I can. Um, in fact, we were we were talking today about. I know this sounds crazy, but maybe doing vo- um, you know volume two of UFOs in one time because the first book ends at in at the year two thousand. Everything that happened in the twentieth century and right. a lot has happened, you know, in these seventeen years. So. Mm-hmm. You know, we're actually yeah, talking about that today, but I, I'll tell you the strangest thing that I heard having to do with UFOs uh, after 9-11 was someone who uh, was helping me do the book, just getting some informa- information from him. And he mentioned to me that um, more UFOs were spotted by U.S. military pilots after 9-11 than many more than in the years before. And it just seemed crazy at, at First, you know, you think, well, why, why would that be? And, and the reason is, is that before 9-11, we didn't have, like, you know, fighter jets patrolling the coastlines and uh, patrolling up to Canada and stuff like that. Um, you know, we were, you know, the Cold War was over and all that kind of stuff, and they just didn't fly those missions. But after 9-11, they started flying them on a daily, round-the-clock basis. So more yeah, military but, jets. H- hang on one second. Hang on one second. If... There are that many more sightings after 9-11, and most war actions and most military have enough recording equipment to review and do after-action reports. How come there aren't any recordings of all these UFOs? Well, yeah, but no, what I was, was going to say is that because they had more airplanes in the air after 9-11, then you know, there, more military pilots saw more UFOs. I mean, it, they were always up there. It's just that our airplanes weren't up there around the clock for a long time. But so. I'm saying is after 9-11, there were so many cameras on all these aircraft recording what the military was doing. How come we don't have... And do you expect the military to tell you everything they're doing up there, or everything they're seeing? No. No, they're not going to tell you, you know, tell 90% of what they do. And 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 if military pilots know that you don't talk about seeing UFOs yet, but they see them all the time. And that's, a career, pilots, that's a career killer for some of these guys, right, Mark? Yeah, airline pilots, same thing. Mm-hmm. You just know, yeah. you just don't do it. You don't do it if you want to get promoted or whatever. I mean, let's let's be honest, and this this all like you know, uh, let's play double sided kid for a second here, all three of us. Say you're boarding an airplane. And you're talking to your buddy, and they tell you, hey, by the way, this guy over here who's uh, the pilot, 
he claims to have seen a bunch of UFOs last time mm-hmm. he went on, on an airplane, and he was flying. He saw, he saw like at least twenty of them, or right. at least three or four, or five, however many it was. Now, your individual X getting into the plane to just you know have a normal flight somewhere, right? Is your red flags going up? Are, is your warning levels going up? Is your is your palms starting to sweat? Are you getting nervous? You know what's going on. Right, you, your breath are getting a little bit deeper at this point now because you're hearing this. That's yeah, common yeah. sense, you know. <laughs> I mean, you're right. You know, you, you, I get you it. think, well, you know, I mean, I think it's just naturally you would just kind of think, oh boy, you know, is this really the guy I want, you know, flying the plane? <laughs> exactly. But, you know, I mean, and and that's the one reason they do it because you know if if, if they if the if, uh, airline is airline companies went public with every UFO that their pilots have seen. I don't think anyone would take the plane. You know, we'd be all on Amtrak or something because they see them all the time. They just cannot talk about it because they know it's bad for business. The military knows it's, you know, bad promotion-wise and so on. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know a pilot uh, who I'm not going to disclose the uh, airline that he worked at, but I, I do know a pilot who had seen multiple UFOs, and uh, he saw them while flying, you know, to, you know, flying as a pilot on a commercial air, air flight. Mm-hmm. And uh that happened multiple times, and this is a very credible individual, very credible, sane person. He didn't report even one of the occasions. Uh, right. And I, I asked him straight, why didn't you report these? I mean, this is important stuff. You're a very credible person. You've been a pilot for over a decade. And he's like, because I want to continue to fly planes, and I don't want to lose yeah. my career that I've had over a decade. That's yeah, a simple yeah. answer. <laughs> yeah. And he, yep. he told me, I'll tell you, but you better not tell nobody else from my name, because then you know we'll be in trouble. Yep. And uh, that's why I would never disclose the person or his name or the airline. But uh, that's an actual true story. You know, they mm-hmm. are afraid. I mean, this it's not only a career killer. I mean, if you think about it, if your name gets put on uh, this kind of a list, right. uh, you know, it, it's damaging for your family members. You know, there's ridicule involved. There's all kinds of different things involved in this thing right yeah there's a lot of politics in airline um you know airline companies a friend of ours flies for american and he's been uh he's been doing it for quite a while and he's finally um it's kind of strange how they do it they actually bid every week on what routes they want to take and then if you're a senior you know Mm -hmm. pilot you usually get the ones you want so this guy after flying you know from point a to point b for years he now flies uh, three times a month from Chicago to Beijing and back. Okay, they go right over the top of the right over the top of North Pole. And um, oh, really? Do they get to yeah. see the hole inside? Well, you know, probably <laughs> if anyone can do it, they can. You know, and he's told me. You know, he said, you know, they don't see stuff all the time, but they see stuff frequently, and they're the best. When you think about it, airline pilots and military pilots are the best witnesses of UFOs we have because they've seen mm-hmm. everything up there. And they know when something is not normal, they see it right away, and they know right away that it's not, you know, something that they you know, see every day, like the moon, like clouds, like other planes, flocks of birds and stuff like that. They've seen all that stuff, and they know when it's something very, very unusual. You know, it's funny. I had a, a video I saw earlier of a pilot talking about the flat earth, and I want, I want to get your opinion on the whole flat earth in a second here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, they interviewed this pilot, and he was saying that, um, that, yeah, that there is, you know, that the, the question was, does the plane take a certain trajectory upwards, uh, when flying to avoid the curvature of the earth so it doesn't just, you know, go into the ocean or something? And mm-hmm. he's like, no, we fly just straight ahead, like, you know, and he goes, like, it's a flat plane. And he's like, yeah, just like it's a flat plane. And he said, and then the, uh, the person, you know, posing the question said something like, so we're, we're on a flat earth. And the pilot was like, yeah, that's true. We're on a flat earth. And he walked into the cockpit. 
And uh, yeah. that made me chuckle for a second because this is a legit pilot saying this live on on, <laughs> on a video. Yeah. And I don't know if he knew he was being recorded or not, but he was definitely recorded, and it's on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> now, this is not the first pilot I've heard say something like this. Uh, that that yeah, they fly the plane like it's a flat plane, and uh, to them, you know, to them, they're, they're not. It's funny because they're not even 100 percent sure. But what are right. your thoughts on the whole flat Earth theory and, and the amount of popularity this thing's gotten, Mac, over the last couple of years? Well, I gotta believe that the Earth is round, to tell you the truth. You know, you would I hope so at this you know, point, right? <laughs> I didn't want to, you know, suck the energy out of the room, but I, I would hope that it's it's round. You know, if it was flat, I think we'd probably know by now. Or would we? Well, we knew back then. Well, they're uh-huh. taking pictures from the moon, you know, and 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 it's obviously you know a big sphere in space, so. Ah, uh, but see, the flat earthers will tell you, yeah, but those pictures are photoshopped and uh, doctored to make it look like a sphere. Well, yeah, but you know, <laughs> who 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 in NASA is you know a, a, has a flat Earth fetish that that would go through that? <laughs> I don't know. If you think about it, though, it, it would kind of be the that would be, I think, a bigger conspiracy or a, a bigger um, secret. Yes. To keep that even aliens, if we are indeed in some kind of a flat earth plane or something like that, that where there's a, a bubble above us and there's this little yeah. star, there's a sun rotating around a little moon, uh, which is much closer than, you know, that we, that we're told. And I'm telling and, you, uh, we're in a giant petri dish. Yeah, it's something close to that. That would, well, you know, man, that would, that would be the biggest secret of all, I think, right there. It, it it's, um, when you see a petri dish, in a way, you know, I, I don't, I believe that to a certain extent. I think, um, and I, I gotta admit, I've never seen the movie The Matrix, and maybe this is even the plot mm. to it, but, you know, there's a lot of people, not a lot of people, but I've read people and people have been on the show say that, you know, a lot of things line up to make it appear that we could be just some kind of computer simulation from someone, you know, a billion years from now, you know, uh, that we are just in somebody's computer or whatever. And, they uh, prove it because um, um, when things go wrong, okay, when things go wrong, it's like you know, every no computer program is perfect, and in in a computer program, when things go wrong, those are coincidences, and everyone has coincidences, and you can't figure out why, or any kind of um, ESP experience or uh, deja vu or stuff like that. Uh, you know, that that's actually you know little kind of um, ripples in the program. The glitch you know? in the matrix. The glitch in the matrix, yeah. Yep. So, you know, looking at it from that point of view, or that someone's out there looking in on us, and, you know, during the years we've kind of distilled that down to, you know, a god or whatever, you know, who knows? We don't know. Obviously, we're not meant to know. So, um, but it'll be cool to find out someday. Maybe this is why we've never been back to the moon, because uh, the uh, entities that be said, "Hey, uh, you see that there? That's a petri dish. You don't, you don't leave a petri dish. <laughs> don't go, you go back down there." <laughs> well, they are, uh, they, there is some um, private company that's going to the moon next year. They're going to land a, a lander on the moon, and then they're going to, um, if it's successful, they're going to send another one back and take a substantial amount of what they consider precious materials from the moon and fly them back to Earth. And it's going to be like the first. Step in mining the moon, which is interesting, and that's supposed to start next year. So, you know, uh, Mac, what they need to do is they need to like mine a lot of like rocks in the moon, bring them back to Earth, and sell them as the the new pet rock. Remember the pet rock from or the something? 60s? Yeah, the, hey, the yeah, moon sure. pet rock. Yeah, the moon pet rock. Huh? Right. 
Yeah, they'd cost a lot of money, but yeah, the pet rock. You know, who thought you could sell rocks? Well, those guys did. They did. They made millions of dollars selling rocks. Yeah, and look at the people selling fidget spinners now. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. My wife is a teacher, and she can't stand them. They want to ban them from the school because they're just a distraction to the kids, you know. But mm-hmm. um, it's a fad, you know. But it seems to be lasting a long time. Moon pet rocks. Moon pet rocks. Yeah, that I would think be. I'm up to something. <laughs> I'd get on board for that. That sounds good. Yeah, I think we'll have to something. So, I mean, final thoughts on the whole uh, flat Earth theory? Just a bunch of hogwash? I'm going to say, yeah, yeah, thumbs down on that. I'm pretty sure that <laughs> it's a round ball. Uh, it's funny, though. I mean, when you think about, like, the the history of the planet and how uh, for, like, you know, many thousands of years, mm-hmm. that's what religions all believe, that we were on a flat sure. Earth plane. I mean, but again, you look at the perspective of these folks, they don't know, you know, what the Earth really is back then. They don't have the technology right. to go up far enough to see the the planet and see the curvature or anything like that. So right. it's like uh, the same kind of a discussion I get into with people when it comes to religion, uh, Mac, uh, when it comes to like uh, certain things that happen within the Bible that seems to only span about a 5,000 miles radius from the mm-hmm. initial like, inception of the story or wherever this took place. Uh, right. and, and it's because the people that wrote the book literally wrote about the area they knew, the land they knew around, and it's usually about a 5, 10 mile radius around right, sure, them. Huh? Yeah. And this is this is why everything's very like you know concentrated in small parts of the world, and and this these great floods that destroy you know these parts right. of the, the destroy the earth could be just like a thunderstorm that hit that area. Right. One, right. One yeah. 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 Maybe nothing major. Like we had a storm today here in Florida, which it could have been like forty days and forty nights of rain. I mean, it was that hard. So I can right. imagine one of these little areas, you know, two thousand, three thousand years ago, looking at this and be like, oh my God, God is flooding the earth because you know we we've been sinning. And right. mind you, they don't they don't have technology to cover themselves up really, really well. So a uh, a large thunderstorm would be a major catastrophe right. for these folks. And where'd uh, all these uh, crickets come from? You know that type of thing. You know, one field right. is a locust. You know, but it it seems to them like the entire world's covered with locusts. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it, it's amazing, like, you know, the things we forget about how small the, the world was and how right. big the world actually is. And now, you know, it's gotten small again, but it's gotten small now because of technology, and it's a completely different animal than it was back then. Back then, it was small because we were kind of segregated from each other. We were just in right. small pockets. Now it's small because the Internet connects everybody, and we're all together right. in one in right. one sense. So you know, it's a different thing, kind of small. The thing that really, you know, blows my mind about all that, what you're saying, is, like, because... In modern, you know, the way we are now, you um, know, you know, people have tried to be politically correct about it. We count our years and everything from, you know, the birth of Christ. You know, that's right. just the standard, you know, time setting for years and months and then days and so on. Okay, I'm so, waiting for Star Trek to say star date. You know, so so yeah, so it's yeah. so it's roughly 2017 years since Christ, you know, was born. Okay, but the strange thing is, is that the Egyptians already had it. <clears throat> An empire almost 3,000 years before Christ was born. So think about that, how ancient mm-hmm. those people were. And the stuff that they did, it, it, it just seems, I think there's like way more to that story. I mean, they did stuff 5,000 years ago that still blows people's minds, you know. How well, here's, do they the, do? Here's, the, here's the crazy part. Uh, you know, they also had a deity, uh, Horus, who had the same kind of specs as Jesus, who was born on December 25th, of mm-hmm. a virgin named Isis Mary. If you guys seen the movie Zeitgeist, you know the story. That's all factual. They did have, they actually have this god named Horus uh, with all those specs. And that was years and years, like you said, thousands of years before Jesus ever walked the earth. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, wh- why is it that they have these 
similar traits. And it's not just right. these two guys. It's also every single deity has had these kind of similar traits. It's, you know, like the movie Zeitgeist pointed out, it, it's all astrological, really, when it comes to like the way these storylines are concocted mm-hmm. and put together. But I do think that Jesus' character, you know, not only had, you know, these attributes added from astrological, you know, you know, with lore or whatever, or mythology. Uh, but I do think there was a person that walked the earth that was the name Jesus, had the name Jesus given to him, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. And I do think there was that one person. With, I don't think he was the, the son of a, of the God, the Almighty that created the heavens and the earth. And, and, you know, my theory on this, Mac, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, uh, but my theory is that the uh, person who was mistakenly uh, given the uh, deity of the Jesus Christ figure and then created the new Roman Empire and helped, you know, create a lot of the, the stuff that we were still brainwashed with today was mm-hmm. none, none other than the son of Julius Caesar, Little Caesar. Oh, yeah, okay. Little Caesar? Yeah, the pizza guy? Yeah, no. the pizza, pizza, pizza. Which, <laughs> no. you know, those Roman guys back then were short guys. They were short yep. little individuals. So, now the story, uh, it's funny because the story of Little Caesar's cesarean, which, by the way, when a woman has a C-section, it's called a cesarean, right? Okay. Yes. I don't know, maybe that's a little coincidence or not, but Caesar's cesarean being the son of Cleopatra and Julius Caesar back 2018, 2019 years ago or something like that, around the same yes. time as Christ. Yes. Uh, this individual was born to two, you know, very, very wealthy families. The Cleopatra family, which is the, the queen of pharaohs of Egypt, and the, the, literally the Roman Empire king, Julius Caesar. Now, being the king of two kingdoms, basically he's the heir of two thrones, right? If either parent passes away, he takes over the kingdom, he's a, the heir apparent. Uh, being that that's the case, when Julius Caesar gets killed, you know, this is a historical fact, what happens to him at the end of the battle when he gets killed? He got mm-hmm. elevated to the status of God in Rome. Mm-hmm. He's, he's yes. a Roman okay. god, yep. right? Yep. He's a Roman god. Now, what happens when you have a son and you're the and you're now elevated to the status of Roman god? Your son is the son of God, right? All of a sudden, yes. now he's the son of the Roman god, right? The yes. queen of Egypt dies also. We all know the story of her and Mark Anthony and what happened and how she died. Uh, she dies, leaves three other kids, plus this orphan child who she had sent away, and this is part of the history, she had sent them away with a peasant couple to uh, leave because the uh, stepson of uh, Julius Caesar, uh, Octavius, I believe it was Octavian or Octavius, I can't remember the exact name, but he was, uh, he actually had an order out to kill this boy because he wanted the, the kingdom for himself of, uh, of Rome. And of yes. course, Little Caesar is the heir apparent to two kingdoms, making him the king of kings, which is wow. something we also call Jesus, right? The king of kings. Right, yeah. Right? Wow, that's interesting. Sure, now, yes, right. Th- this all correlates exactly. Now, this is the crazy part. The peasant couple that Cleopatra sent this boy with in hiding, guess what their names were? I don't know. One was a carpenter that worked for the uh, the pharaohs many times. His name was Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. And his 12-year-old niece, who was also his wife, Mary. Wow. Wow. This is historical. Now, and it goes a little further. The three other kids that were left behind by uh, Mary Mag- by, uh, by uh, Cleopatra, one yes. was named Mary Magdalene, who had a twin brother, who in the Bible Jesus is said to have had a twin who was a who was not his twin, but was a twin brother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's in the Bible. Now, how is right. that possible? How could Jesus have a twin but not be his twin? Right, and he's right. a twin of another sibling. Right, right. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, I know that a lot of stories back then. They all sometimes religions kind of you know 
steal from each other. You know what I mean? And and mm-hmm. who knows what was really happening back then? But as far as Jesus is concerned, even without him being a religious figure, a lot of people you know, have adopted his philosophies too. You know, basically oh, and let live and that kind of stuff. You know, so yeah. well, I mean, but a lot of this stuff comes from the the Buddha itself. Because I mean, the, the lore goes yeah, sure. that this boy went well, and traveled the world, adopting other people's philosophies. No, of course. In fact, it, and this goes. Uh, you can actually look up uh, the uh, the Buddha and. Uh, was Jesus the last of the pharaohs? There's a book on this. I forget the author's name, but there's a book called mm-hmm. Jesus Was He the Last of the Pharaohs, where it talks directly about this. Uh, there's a gentleman who, who did a, a trip to the Himalayan mountains and talked to the monks, and they told them about this boy named Isu that came from the Mediterranean, and uh, Isu had studied with the Dalai Lama the ways of the Buddha, and that date correlates exactly to the years of Caesar Caesarian when he was in hiding. And, mm-hmm. uh, the correlation is that the the Buddha taught him about the afterlife, about you know heaven, the earth, and what happens when you die, and and this is the teachings that he came back with. Which, ironically enough, if Jesus comes back, you know, to reclaim the Roman Empire, he can't do that when there's an army, you know, at his throat because he doesn't have an army with him. So, what's the one way to actually come back and win? Through religion, you start a movement, you start creating right. your own people, they are going to back you, and you, then you go and you take over. And then what happened was we defeated the Roman, the Roman Empire got defeated, and we've had the new Roman Empire, or the Vatican's new Rome, for the last 2,000 years, which is basically what's been going on the last couple thousand years. The big secret is that for 400 years, they didn't allow anybody to write or draw mm-hmm. the pictures of Jesus, or right. tell you anything about who this person was that walked the earth, nothing. Why? Because the deception and the lie was in. They were concocting this tale of making him not only the son of Julius Caesar, but this otherworldly God that can control mm-hmm. the masses and control the world through the eyes of the one singular God. And that's how I believe the church came up with the concept of, you know, God and Jesus and Jesus being the son of God and it being a spiritual thing when it was really right. more of a human being thing. Right. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, that's the story. If, um, you know, they they take the, the story of Jesus, as you say, the man, and start to embellish it, you know, um, a lot of times they do that. Well, all the time they do it for their own purposes. There's, there was um, a, few year, a few hundred years after Jesus came and went, um, it might have been even more than a few hundred. They had the uh, church the, with a capital C had a big conference of all the big poopas, and they decided which gospels to put in the Bible, and and they left off, you know, they left out like a whole bunch of them, mm-hmm. and a lot of them had to do with you know Jesus growing up and where he traveled and stuff like that. They just decided not to put them in there because they didn't suit their needs or whatever. So you know, I mean, you're censoring the Bible, really? You're censoring the Gospels, maybe in there, you know, you could really uh, find out what happened back then. So religion always, you know, manipulates things to get its own way. That's that's how it works, in my opinion. Oh, of course. I mean, let's not even get into the whole King James version of the Bible. and Yeah. yeah. You know, how many times that's been rewritten over the last uh, couple hundred years, you know, alone. Right. Yeah, right, yeah. No, I agree, yeah. It's crazy. I mean, I'm, you know, it's funny because I I think religion serves a good purpose uh, as well as uh, being a very deceptive purpose and a bad thing for humanity. Uh, It does serve a good purpose for uh, third world countries and individuals who are still not developed past religion. Uh, it helps right. them and those individuals out. But I think as a, as a population, and Mac, I want to get your opinion on this. As a population, as we grow older and we get smarter and we advance, we're going to lose religion because we're just going to start seeing through it, I think. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, see through it now. You know, um, um, you know, I live up in Boston. We had a real, really bad pre-sexual scandal here about ten years ago, and um, you know, I'm saying that half the people who used to go to church don't go to church anymore because of that. Because, you know, people want to believe that their religion is infallible. And then when you see them, you know, up to things that, um, you know, are not up to snuff as far as the human condition is concerned, um, you know, you start, you lose faith in these people immediately, immediately. And that's what happened up here. And, and there's a lot of religions who, you know, the people get pumped up and then, you know, something goes wrong and they, they realize that they've been seeing the world through rose colored glasses and they, mm-hmm. you know, they didn't want to believe, you know, what they see before their eyes. I think that's happening in Scientology. Not that that's a real religion, but just as an entity, that's happening these days because a lot of these people who they used to can, used to call members, let's say, are dropping out and basically dropping a dime on what goes on with those people. And, um, religions come and go. Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned Scientology because we, we brought it up earlier on the show, and uh, that to me is one of those uh, groups that I, I have no idea how they've sustained this long, Mac. I mean, mm. uh, I mean, the guy who created Scientology, L. Ron Hubbard, was a uh, science fiction writer. Right. Uh, he, he was a convicted pedophile. He was caught on his boat with mm. underage boys multiple yep. times. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- these are unknown facts. How this, uh, and, and he wasn't like the, really the person who made the religion blow up. I mean, he wrote the book, but it right. kind of blew up after the fact, you know, right. after yeah. the book came out. And yeah. it, it boggles my mind that it's, it's sustained this long that it's still going on. Yeah. He, he was like an out of work science fiction writer, I right. guess. And, and, um, you know, he wrote this book and, um, yeah, he promoted it, but certainly not in the way that they promote it these days. But, you know, they, they just kind of dug their hooks into something. And as you say, you know, kept on embellishing it, embellishing it and, you know, have this effect on, uh, you know, celebrities for some reason. I mean, they make their money from the rank and file, you know, 10 bucks a month or whatever it is. I think you're supposed to turn over a lot of your money to them, to tell you the truth. Yep. Um, yeah, but they do have a lot of high, you know, celebrity, uh, types who, um, you know, bring them publicity, sometimes good, mm-hmm. sometimes bad. But as I say, a lot of them are now, you know, getting out of it mm-hmm. and, and telling the truth. And, you know, when, when the truth comes out, usually, you know, whatever the entity is starts to get down the drain. I do love the fact, though, that their, um, their whole belief system is structured around an alien named Zenu. Yeah, right. A bunch yeah. Of- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had that uh, video that they snuck out of their, their annual convention a few years ago when, and they're up in this, uh, you know, stage that looks like a, a, a set from like a 1930s sci-fi <laughs> yeah. Flash Gordon movie. And and Tom Cruise, you know, raising his hand, hail Gawawa, whoever that, you know, it was like, wow, this is really, this is really crazy stuff going on here, you know? Um, I mean, but, Tom Cruise, I never thought was playing with a full deck, but when I heard he uh, got into like this deep in Scientology, uh, yeah, I, I figured this guy is really just, uh, he's gone for a loop at this point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's too bad. He's been in a couple of good movies, but for the most part, uh, you know, he, he's not that good of an actor. He's a movie star more than an actor, if you know what I mean. Right, yeah. I mean, you put him in the right role, he'll be a serviceable actor, but you put him in mm. a movie like The Mummy, right. that's yeah. not so well. He was in my Minority Report. Steven Spielberg's like probably his best film, Minority Report with Tom Cruise. It's a great movie, a great sci-fi movie, and he and he's really good at it. 
for some reason, you know. And um, well, uh, but again, you, you just said it earlier. It's Steven Spielberg. I mean, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I have my own. I don't know. I have my own opinion about Steven Spielberg, but that's probably another show. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have you back but, on for that one. <laughs> don't you wish that he did um, Close Encounters? I mean, I've seen him millions of times. I wrote a. I've, I've written about it. I mean. If you sit and watch that movie, that you, you just say, "Oh, I wish it was a better movie." You know, I wish it was just a little bit more. I don't know what the word is, down to earth or something. I wish they'd well, do it again. You know, he tra- he kept it at that pretty grounded to earth and as realistic yeah. as possible, and kind of cookie cutterish. Especially the uh, alien meeting at the end of the movie was a little yeah. cookie cutter, like very friendly. You know, like you know the goody goody aliens are. Uh, and that was kind of cool. And, uh, you know, if you look at it for what it was back then, you know, technology is not what it is today. It is a movie that could be remade, but it's yeah. one of those things. It's like E.T. where it's such a classic at this point. I'd rather them not even touch it. Just, yeah. uh, you know, re-release it on 4K like they're doing now, which, by the way, I, I'm going to see it in theaters. Uh, the re-release is going to be phenomenal. I highly recommend everybody goes out and see it. Uh, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing to see this. Which one, what movie is that? The no, Close Encounters. Close Encounters. Oh, yeah, out. yeah, sure. Um, yeah, but, you know, the the original script, and this is why I guess I have a problem with it, is towards the end, as you said, at the end there, I, I just can't get past the idea that you're looking at a bunch of people that he has said, okay, look at the ceiling and, um, you know, make believe that you're in awe. Because you knew they were putting in the special effects afterwards, right. you know. Right. And there's right. so many scenes like that. And um, the original script called for a military pilot to be the um, the hero, not some guy who... Works for a power company, you know, uh, which Richard Dreyfus plays. He's admitted that he was coked out during the entire movie, and if you watch it and you know that he he's, he just looks like, you know, his eyes are just you know somewhere else and um, <laughs> just a little glazed over. Yeah, a little glazed over, a little does, little dust over as they say. And um, dust over. <laughs> you know, and 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 if they just kind of you know maybe did it again and and. I think it would be really interesting if they followed a military person through this, as what, like I said, the original script called for, and just you know to see all the kind of uh, you know um, minefields he has to dodge his way around to go and you know find you know what the secret really was. There's some good shots in it, but I would really like them to do it again. Hmm. Would you like uh, Spielberg to redirect it or a new director? No, no. I think some other director should direct it. Um, you know, I could go on and on about Spielberg, and 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 um, uh, I know it's kind of like blasphemy to say that you know his he's not a good director, but he really isn't a good director, and um, uh, he leaves things out of out of movies that uh, should be in there. Um, you know, there's um, uh, did you ever see AI? Of course. Yeah, I, yeah, I love the movie. Yeah. And there's there's just so many uh, uh, mistakes and you know, continuity mistakes in that movie um, that you know you might not see them, but you know I hate to say it, but I went to film school and and so I hate everything. You know, every movie <laughs> you just you pick it apart. You know, you can't help but pick it apart. And um, there's just a lot of stuff that he has done in movies that I don't know. He 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 doesn't give you the full story. He he gives you the sizzle and not you know really the the story. However, you have to forgive him because he made two of the greatest movies ever and one of them was um saving private ryan um and the other one was schindler's list and you and i think both of those movies should be required viewing for like high school juniors okay just to get into their mind you know what it really was like back then because we're losing all those memories of what 
happened in World War II. I don't think it's uh, politically co- it's not politically correct. There are too many trigger warnings there. Uh, yeah, they're not going to do that. Yeah, no, I, I don't expect them to do it, but I think they should do it because it it gives for Saving Private Ryan. Even though when you really you know look at the plot, they don't really save Private Ryan. You know, um, uh, the guys who go out after him, uh, they are working on a, a a direct order from from the president from FDR. Go find Private Ryan, and so then like six of them like start walking down a road. You'd send like ten tanks. If the president said, go get this guy, you wouldn't send five guys walking after him. You'd send 10 tanks. You'd send 200 guys and airplanes and so on. Um, it, so that's why it, it always kind of rings false. However, that those opening scenes when they're landing on uh, Normandy Beach, that, mm. that to me is the closest to combat that's ever been filmed. It has to be because it's just so horrible and quick and – Wow, you know. So, that, well, we don't know Dunkirk. How, Dunkirk yet. Yeah, I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yeah, yeah watch it. it. It's uh, it's pretty damn close to the reality of Warzone. Let me tell you, it's bet. amazing work. See, that's yeah. a that's a director right there that I wouldn't mind tackling. Uh, something like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, Christopher Nolan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Someone like that might be uh, might be good. You know, if you just kind of. Gave the story just a little bit more uh, sharpness or whatever. I mean, in Close Encounters, I mean, there's just a huge section in there about, you know, him, you know, literally building a mountain in in his living room and, you know, shaping it and so on and so forth. And, you know, which is a really great idea, but it goes on and on and on and on, you know. Yeah, I think think, think that's because of the budget, though, Mac. You know, they didn't have a whole lot of budget to work with back then. (laughs) And he's building it of mashed potatoes, right. you know, it was just, if they just sharpened it up a little bit, it would be a really, really cool movie, I think. I can, I can agree with that, I can see that, uh, but again, I think it's going to end up being one of those uh, cult classics like E.T. that they'll just uh, yes. never go back to, it's just one of those things, uh, right. but there are movies like that, like Starman, remember that with Jeff Bridges, that's another movie yes. that I'd love to see remade, are you kidding me? Yep, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was a good like, movie, yeah, yeah, that was a good That's a classic. And, uh, um, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say it. I like that movie because you know it's it's a fairly recent movie. You know, it's going to be twenty years old but anyway. But it was almost like a fifties movie in a way. You know, they, yep. they had that kind of fifties sci fi vibe. Um, that that just worked. You know, it just worked. I really like that movie. Yeah, it's a great film. Good. Anything with Jeff Bridges, though, I I, I dig. He's a yeah. good actor. Uh, quick question here from the uh, chat. Uh, Lou wants to know: Operation uh, Name Braid, uh, Name Braid uh, was uh, involved Nick Redfern's father, and uh, they want to know if you've ever had Nick Redfern's father on your show and interviewed him. His father? No. Uh, we talked about his father though, and um, and um, he said that his father wasn't doing interviews anymore, at least when we mm. when we talked to him. But I heard that he's an interesting character. Now, Operation Name Braid, what's that all about? I mean, can you uh, expand on, on that operation a little bit? Uh, what was it again? Operation Name Braid. Uh, was it Main Brace? It could be a Main Brace. I may have missed it. Main Brace, it. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a uh, huge uh, was NATO, NATO task force um, um, uh, war games that the United States and all their NATO allies uh, got together in the early 50s and and uh, basically they wanted to show the russians just you know how how massive nato was it was really nato's first maneuver they sent hundreds of ships 
you know, out into the North Atlantic and up and around uh, Denmark and around uh, the British Isles. And there, there have been entire books written about how many UFO incidents happened during this three-week kind of war maneuvers. Um, there was a guy on an aircraft carrier um, who had his who was filming landings and takeoffs, and he and he captures like a, a UFO going over the over the ship. Um, there were uh, cases where British fighters fighter planes would go out in these uh, missions, and they'd be trailed all the way back to their. Um, uh, air bases with, uh, by UFOs that people saw. Um, it, it, there was just, you know, dozens and dozens of incidents in this three week span. And, and even, you know, it, it all, it, it reports them went all the way up to Eisenhower and he, and, you know, basically he was saying, what's, what's going on here? You know, what, first of all, how can we have this huge kind of, uh, you know, war games and, and, and having people penetrate our air security if you know what i mean you know but we got these things flying right over us no one can catch them no one knows who they are sometimes they show up and radar sometimes they don't um just really a crazy kind of um instance of uh you know ufo activity in the 50s operation main brace operation name brace i had that way off and nick redfrey's father was involved in that you know I guess he must have uh, somewhere along the line because uh, Nick is from England, as you know, from mm-hmm. Britain. So, yeah. and a lot of it was um, kind of staged out of Britain, you know. So a lot of the uh, and stuff like that, you know, came came from Britain. Um, but um, yeah, we wrote about it in um, uh, in UFOs in what time because the uh, carrier that was involved um, had um, you know kind of like a haunted aspect to it, had a lot of UFO. Um, encounters over the years, but just as far as just the number of UFO sightings by the number of people and the number of times UFOs were caught on tape, on, on, uh, film back then in this three weeks, it's just crazy. If it, if it ha- happened today and we found out about it, people would be freaking out. Believe me, people would be just freaking out. That's how, that's how many UFOs they saw. Mm, how does, uh, Nick's dad now? He has to be in the 80s, 90s, around there, right? He's... Who's that again, please? Uh, Nick Redfern's father, how old is he? It's oh, funny. man, I don't know. Nick's probably, you know, in his 50s. So, yeah, yep, I'm, he's probably in his 80s, yep. 80s, 90s, around there, probably, yeah. Yep. Uh, that would have been a great interview, though, if you... Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Nick helped me uh, in a book I did called Beyond Area 51. Mm-hmm. He helped me write a chapter in where we look for England's Area 51. And um, England is interesting because it's such a small country, that you know, you there's, there's not many places you can test secret aircraft without mm-hmm. you know someone seeing you, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, or, or do anything really. So we we actually got together ten suspects, uh, sus- suspected places, and we just went you know went down the list, and finally just um, decided it was this place. Uh, I think it was called something like um, Percy Manor. It's um, outside of London. It has a, a a railroad, an underground railroad subway that they built during World War II that goes right into London. So it's like a private subway into London, and um, and they just know that the military, you know, does things there behind closed doors. You don't really hear about it, and you know you don't see it because they're using this kind of underground subway to move their stuff around. So, uh, you know, England does have an Area 51, but it's much smaller, and most of it is underground. Now, do you think there's any uh, American activity going on there, or is it just uh, the British? Well, you know, we're 
we're pretty close to their military, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You know, we really do have a lot of different things there, and and there's a lot of NSA stations in right. In fact, very close to this place, uh, the NSA has a a huge um, you know base there. You know, listening in on whatever's going on, and um, so you know, we do we share a lot with the British. We, um, a friend of ours who was on the show, who works for uh, a military contractor that works for military intelligence. Um, and who used to work in army counterintelligence on the show has said that, you know, when, when things really get bad, okay, in the world, uh, the U.S. Uh, goes, what they call it is going white. And what that means is that you are going to inform your closest allies and your closest allies are Australia, Canada, England, Germany, and sometimes France. And, um, uh, and we are really, really kumbaya with the British, you know, because we give them a lot, they give us a lot. And it's been like that since the end of World War II. So um, I'm sure, you know, to answer your question, I'm sure that, you know, they've seen some of the results that come out of that place. So much for us uh, declaring our independence, huh, for the British. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. Yay, if you type, independence. Yeah, if you type to them, they don't believe that anyway, so. I don't believe it either, and I live in this country. <laughs> I see the, every time you know the British do anything, man. It's like it's always big news here. So you know the British are still controlling the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, they, they have a little issue or two. Let's just leave it. it at that. It's funny, you know. It's uh, I mean, they're a they're a small country, and at one point, you know, as I say, the sun never set on the British Empire. I mean, they oh yeah, yeah. they did it. You know, they did it. It wasn't all strawberries and balloons. You know, they you know hurt a lot of people and brought misery to a lot of people, but. It's true. At one point, they ruled the world. Came as close as anyone ever did. Well, I mean, there's uh, talk that the British monarch actually is the ruler and controller of the opiate trade uh, well, in the world. Is she that so. smart, really? I mean, look at her. <laughs> she does she well, look? Yeah, that no, smart? but uh, the, here's yeah. the thing. This is something that has been going on since before her. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like built into the family. This is like part of what the family does, uh, and this is how they make their trillions of, of you know dollars or whatever. Right. That's how they make their wealth, basically, is uh, through the trade of opiate and, and heroin and whatnot. Uh, right. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's 100% true or not, uh, but the queen does have a lot, she does have a lot of power. I mean, it, we, we think she doesn't, but I think, you know, deep down, uh, she really does. Well, so someone once said on our show, if she's the queen, what's the wicked witch look like? <laughs> uh, who's married to Prince Charles again? Uh, Prince Charles was, well, Diana was his first wife, and now he's married to, uh, um, that woman there. That, uh, yeah, once again, Prince Charles, another guy who needs eyeglasses, you know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) You might want to, you know. I think that would be the wicked witch right there, the one he's married to. Yeah, you got that. Camilla, her name is, uh, Camilla Parker Bowles. And and I knew someone, uh, through the music business real quick who was her nephew. And he told me that, you know, she used to babysit him, and she used to, like, just lock all the kids in a closet, like five of them in a the closet, and let them scream for hours. <laughs> that was her method of babysitting, you know. So you're right. She is the, she's the Wicked Witch, right? We found ah, there found you go. Her. Yeah, I found her. Yeah. I called yeah. that one. It's on yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he really uh, has a, a, a wide taste in women, that cat. I mean, think about it. Uh, why else did they in a, you know, crash? Oh, my pretty, I shall take your husband, too. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> that just sounded so bad it wasn't yeah, I know. <laughs> it sounded actually pretty good it sounded like right from the movie 
Right? I thought that did a pretty good job there of uh, voiceover work. I didn't think I was that bad. How do they make the monkeys, uh, those monkeys in that movie, in Wizard of Oz, are they, are they, you know, what are they anyway? Are they uh, actors, stunt actors, dressed up like monkeys? Or are they real I have, monkeys? I have no idea. I think they're real monkeys. And they used uh, actual chimps. Like yeah. real monkeys, you know? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you say, well, how, how'd they get them to do that, you know, and fly and... Uh, that's kind of a crazy movie, you know. Once again, mm-hmm. I went to film school, and we've, you know, we used to watch that almost frame by frame. And there's a lot of stuff in there that is just like really way, way out there. I'm gonna be honest with you, Mac. I've seen that movie twice in my life, and both times I was high on LSD, mm. and both times it was an incredible I, experience. Angel, yeah, I'll bet. Yeah, <laughs> okay, yeah. And then, and then there's a, you know, if you play along on Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd from a certain hot, you know, apparently the soundtrack goes right along with it, and Mm-hmm. I'm sure something on LSD came up with that one. But, um, yeah, it's a crazy movie. It really is, you know. Um, they don't make them like that anymore, for sure. No, 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 they don't. Now they make uh, Baywatch with The Rock. Yes, right, yeah. And, you know, they'll make millions of dollars, and, you know, and everyone will be happy, or most people will be happy. And, you know, that's the way movies are these days. It's just it's just commerce, you know. They really put a whole lot of thought into them these days. Not like they did, you know, way back when. Did you catch the movie um, with uh, the girlfriend Superman, uh, Arrival? Arrival. The girlfriend of Superman? You remember she, the, the girl, Amy, uh, what's her name? The yeah, other guy, help yes. me out here. Amy Adams. Uh, the movie that she was in, the, the movie The Arrival with the uh, the alien beings that arrived on Earth. Uh, they looked like giant weird roach things. I don't know what the hell they looked like. But th- What did you think of that movie? I thought it was really good. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I, I, I still can, you know, make heads or tails of what that, those yeah. things were. But you know, you have to go back. I think it's one of these movies. You, if you went back and watched it a second time, I haven't. But if you went back and watched it a second time, and it's it's the way the movie is cut is actually the time is kind of mixed up. You know, you don't realize that towards the end of the movie that she's really talking about three different spaces and time. Oh man, spoilers! Yeah, I'm sorry, but you know, <laughs> but even if you go see it, you know it's going to be it's going to take a while for you to say, well, is that really what's going on here? But as a sci-fi movie and how, and also how it might happen if something like that happened, it it might go just the way they did it. You know, having mm-hmm. uh, newscast just you know 24 hours and then. Just the way that the spaceships were shown, you know, hovering over that field and everything, and the military interfering with stuff, you know, that's how it, it was. Oh, it was it was well done. Yeah, really well. I mean, even the, even the way the aliens looked and the environment they were cased in, I mean, the whole thing looked very very out outworldish. I mean, it looked, yeah, it sure did. Yeah, it sure yeah. did. And, and they really got that whole idea that hey, man, you know, they're nothing like us, and we're nothing like them, you know. Right. And that was really kind of cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, Mac, we're almost at the end of the hour here. We're almost out of showtime, and uh, I know it's uh, late in uh, both your area and my area, and uh, I know you got to do some other work that's uh, equally as important as being on the show here. But I do want to give you a chance here to uh, plug away. Uh, okay. any, uh, anything you want to plug, whether it's uh, new books coming out, website, your show, okay, uh, everything you got going uh, for the next uh, minute and a half. Go for it. Well, okay. Uh, well, we just had a, a book out, uh, number 18 in my Wingman series. Uh, just came out, well, a couple months ago. It's called Battle for America. It's uh, just it's available everywhere, but best place to go is Amazon.com. Uh, yep. Battle for America, a lot of people seem to like it. And um, the radio show we do on this network, Mac Maloney's Military X-Files show, um, two-hour show every week. Um, you know, we have some interesting guests, but we have a lot of fun too. So 
uh, you know, listen in here on PSN. And um, uh, that's it. That's the plug train has come through and in. I'm, I'm going to get the uh, the book, the new one, and I want to read it, and I want to have it back on, and I want to discuss the book and, and go in depth on it. If that's cool. My brother, I will send you a book, okay? I want to contribute to the cause, my friend. But if you send it for free, that's awesome. At this point, it doesn't make any difference, believe me. That's awesome. I want to go through that book, and I want to have you back on, and we're going to discuss that book in in thorough. Uh, Guys, this has been Mr. Mac Maloney. Again, listen to his show Friday nights here at 1 p.m. Double Duty. We play him twice back-to-back. It's such a nice show. you got to play it back-to-back. That's such a good (laughs) the kind of show it is. Uh, So, uh, again, thank you for being here with us and spending your hour with us on the show. Yeah, we really enjoyed it. All right, thanks, always, guys. I really appreciate it. We'll talk to you it's soon. It's always okay? an honor. And there you go, gentlemen, ladies, right. and everybody in between. That was Mac Maloney. And uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off for the evening. Other guy, are you satisfied with the way the evening went, sir? Yes, I am. Now I need to get to sleep. How are you feeling? Are you feeling okay over there? Yeah, I'm yawning, but, you know, I'm, I'm done. I'm done for the night. Good man, good man. That was a lot of fun, man. I love Mac Maloney. He's a, a hell of a good dude. And uh, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was great listening to him. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know, we uh, we segued a little bit into a religion. We talked a little bit about UFOs. We talked a little bit about his books. We talked a little, little yeah, bit. Yeah, we were about all over the place today. But it, you know, it was a fun show. And uh, these are the actually these are the most fun usually uh, fun shows that uh, that we get to have here when we have folks like him on. So um, it was great. So yeah, next time, guys, uh, we'll be uh, back next week right here live on Skywatchers Radio on Tuesday night, uh, at the same time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, keep looking up to the skies, because you might see something. You never know. You <laughs> never, never, never know. That's right. <laughs>